I'm Sarah. This is our little podcast. About big plays. That's better. There it is. Better on take two. Yes. Oh, they didn't know that. Oh. oh um, well. Welcome to the playwrights this week. Uh, on behalf of the playwrights, we wish you a very happy Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. You know, when I was thinking about what we were choosing for the play this week, I really didn't take into account it was Valentine's Day. I feel like we should have taken an opportunity to do like a romantic play, but we ah, we did that last year, didn't we? Wasn't that when we did Romeo and Juliet? No, no, we did Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. So whatever. Anyways, we don't put that much focus on it around I mean, here. Well, what could be more romantic than a Tudor period morality play? You know, it yeah. just kind of like makes you feel bad. <laughs> About like all the things that you do. Oh well, yeah, which isn't that what your significant other? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's what not if, true at all. What if you gave someone a Valentine's Day card, but it was just the entire script of Every Man? Honestly, kind of romantic. That would be really romantic. It's like it's like, hey, I want the best for you. And here's why. Here's why, because you're a terrible person. Oh. Who parties? Yeah. Um. So. If you hadn't caught on to what play we're covering this week, we are covering Everyman by Anonymous. No. Ooh, Ooh, spooky. Do you think it was actually by Shakespeare and he just didn't take credit for it? Nah. Nah. Uh, it's not like Shakespeare is like better than this, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, he, he, he wouldn't have written something so religious probably. Well, not only that, it's kind of like two on the nose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we'll get into that. Um, But, you know, with our, if you listened last week, you know that we have a National Theater Live subscription. So we are uh, kind of taking advantage of that. So we watched Everyman, um, National Theater Live's edition from 2015. Um, and this was an updated version, like, adaptation written by uh the poet carol ann duffy ah she's a poet yes did she know it yeah she she knows it now if she didn't then wow yeah um, do you want to talk talk to us about carol ann duffy yeah so when rufus norris like the director of uh he's like one of their main directors at national theater um, and he was, like, going about, like, what play should we open, like, 2015 with? Um, Every Man was, like, a play that everyone knows of, but few have, like, uh, seen. Because, I don't know, you know? like Well, you, yeah, it's just not done anymore. Right. It's just too, I don't know, it's too, it's too preachy. Right. It's, like, a cornerstone of dramatic tradition because it's he calls it, like, a primal story. Like, it's the story of man, right? It's literally called every man because, like, everyone experiences this type of right. um, turmoil. But uh, the original version, which we'll get into, uh, we'll kind of talk about, but it was written in, like, Middle English. It's very hard work. It can be done, but... Um, they need. He felt like they needed like an updated version so that it could reach like audiences more today. And um, he wanted a poet just because of like the language is so hard in the original. Like he didn't want to take away from that like too much, you know. Um, and Carol Ann Duffy is. So have you ever heard of like a poet laureate? Laureate, yeah. Laureate, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the United States has a poet laureate, which is like the official poet Ooh. of the country. 
Okay. Basically. I wasn't sure um, what that meant. Yeah. It's kind of just like, a, I don't know. You, you get, I think they're usually chosen by the president and be like, they'll be the poet laureate for a little bit. And they'll... How does the president, cho- like, why is the president an expert on poetry? Well, I mean, I mean, the president is, uh, it's just like, it's in, because it's like an honorary position or whatever. Oh, like, okay. So like, you know, president, somebody within the president's staff will like give him a list of people like, hey, you could choose these people for poet laureate. Got it. And be like, oh, okay, well, you know, and then and then they'll serve for a little bit and they'll read. They usually read at the inauguration. They'll Um, read at they'll read at like state dinner sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So So it's like a very great honor. Right. It's not like a. Yeah. So she's a poet laureate. And for England. Yes. Interesting. But and they call her kind of like more of a rock and roll type poet. And I think okay, we so can I wonder kinda... if we're talking about two different things then. No, I don't know. I feel like there could be a poet laureate of England. Yeah, you yeah, but you you have poet laureate of rock and roll. No, no, no. It's more that's just like my notes. Like she's oh. a poet laureate, but like she's a little bit more of like a rock and roll type of poet. Like we saw okay. like okay. lots of rapping, lots of like whatever. Yeah, so so it started. The, the tradition started in Britain. Yeah, an eminent poet okay. traditionally appointed for life as a member of the British royal household. Yeah, gotcha. So she is. She's just a little bit more edgy of a poet. Absolutely. So they thought she was like kind of the perfect person to adapt this play, right? To make it more modern of, and then take it from like a playboy type perspective. Yeah. So the current poet laureate of the United States, her name is Joy Harjo. Anyway, seeks to raise the national consciousness to a greater appreciation positions modeled after the, you know, United Kingdom. Anyway. Nice. And they're paid $35,000 annually. Oh, my gosh. That's nothing. Well, but, like, in addition to, like, whatever job. Yeah, true, true, true. Like, they get that kind of, like, for free. I guess. Almost. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, Robert Frost was a poet laureate. On brand. On brand. Anyway, um, but so this production, uh, a couple of things. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I have a bit of a cold. Um, they, there's like a few things that were said about this more modern interpretation. Um, so not everyone was like super into the Everyman production like we watched. There was one review, including me, including me <laughs> as well. <laughs> Um, there was one review that came out where it said, The emphasis on modernism here sits at odds with the story's timeless message of unfashionable decency. So they almost think that, like, they chose to try to make it, like, too modern. And then in that attempt, it just kind of, like, lost. It felt a little campy. Definitely felt campy. Yeah. And it lost a little bit of its, like, timelessness, uh, which is kind of interesting. Huh. Um, and then there's one person who they saw the play uh, at the National Theater, and then they went and got a tattoo of one of my favorite lines from the play where it says, I think I have a soul. And then they tweeted about it. Yeah. And the director's like, I barely knew what Twitter was, but someone showed it to me, and I let them back in for free. So he's like, that's what it's about. It's every man. It's about getting tattoos and yes. quotes. Yes. Um. Huh. So, yeah, I just thought that was kind of a funny tidbit. That is funny. Yeah. Um, um, okay, keep. Um, I have so many questions, uh, but w- w- maybe we'll talk about 
do this in phases. Like first we'll talk about like the script and then we'll go into like more on like what we thought of the production. Yeah. And I okay. think first in talking about the script, I've got a kinda, lot of thoughts about that. We kind of have to understand like where the script comes from. So obviously Carol Ann Duffy is not the original playwright of this script. It's actually not known who this playwright is. Um, it was, it's one of the token like morality plays. I know we'll hit on that, but what that means is that, uh, early in like the middle English Tudor period era, there were these plays written called morality plays that were kind of like shaming audiences into following like moral standards, basically. Um, so they would use allegorical characters to examine the question of Christian salvation and what man must do to attain it. So it was almost like propaganda of kind of like the Christian uh, beliefs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's certainly propaganda-esque. Um, yeah. Was it, like, officially sanctioned, like, by the church? Like, probably not, right? No, it wasn't, like, by the church, but I think, like, during, like, the Tudor period, like, I think, who was the queen? Was it Anne? Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First. I think she, like, sanctioned playwrights to write about this stuff. Sure. If I'm, re- I'm sure. remembering correctly. Um, she was like, all these people, they're just the worst. They need a little morality. Yeah. No, Seriously. And, like, because she was a Christian, and, like, that's what kind of, like, this... So, it's almost... It's state-sanctioned. It's not church, you know, which is gotcha. kind of interesting. Gotcha. Um, so, Every Man became one of the most widely read and frequently produced plays written in English before the Elizabethan age. And it owes much to its success to the Johannes Gutenberg printing press, which came out around the same time. So, it was kind of, like, perfect timing. Um... So there was, like, a new type of reading public, a.k.a. the common everyman, could take in yeah. everyman. Um, it survives in four different editions. Two of them are incomplete, uh, and they kind of appeared between 1510 to 1535, but no manuscript of the full play actually exists. Hmm. So... The cultural setting of the original play is based on the Roman Catholicism of the era. Every man attains afterlife in heaven by means of good works and the Catholic sacraments, in particular confession, penance, unction. Ugh, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? I don't know. I forget. <laughs> um, the Atticum and receiving the Eucharist. Uh and there's, like, no other play that has laid so much stress as the expi- expiring Middle Ages on the thought of death. So there was a lot of, like, talk about death, how to attain, like, heaven, like, during this time because of the um, the Black Death, which was happening in Europe. And it took out, out like, one-third of the population. Yeah. So they would go to church and they would hear this phrase over and over, memento mori. Um, remember your death? Yeah. Remember you must die. Ah. Uh, so it was like a constant theme that they were hearing over and over. They were reading plays about this. So they were just constantly thinking about death. And so that's where, like, I think why every man was written in response to that, um, idea. So. Interesting. I just think it's like, sometimes we think of like, people back in the 
in the Middle Ages or whatever, that they were like very much like especially like in the Christian world that like, oh, my gosh, they were like so attuned with like what Christianity was like the whole society, like in England, everybody was Christian. And so like it must have been like everybody treated each other well and like everybody took church very seriously. But it's like that is definitely not the case. And I think that's sometimes what I fall into is like it's like, oh, like society now it's like we don't pay attention to religion. We, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's like if somebody found the need to write this, it's like they saw kind of like the moral decay of their own society and were like, I need to like. Yeah, I need to like, I don't know. I need to like do something about this. Well, I, I need think, to, I need to write something to to get people to wake up, you know, and, I and think stop and stop like that, drinking and, and and partying. It's like, also, it's hard as people uh, respond to like that type of situation and like such like one third of the population dying. Like I just think about like how people reacted to COVID. Right. You know, where it was like, there's so many different types of reactions where some people turn fully to God. Some people go rogue. Some people, mm, that's true. you know, like. So there were probably a lot of different reactions to the Black Plague. Right. Right. And so I feel like it was trying to get those who weren't like thinking about the afterlife, thinking about their own death, like back. Right. Yeah. So I mean, people went crazy enough with COVID and that. And yes, it's it's killed a lot of people, but no, no, I mean, nowhere close to a third of the population. Imagine right. that. Right, I can't. I I cannot I cannot begin to fathom what that would be like. So I do think there's an aspect to like people during like the Tudor and Elizabethan time that were like more comfortable with the idea of death, just because of like the ah, circumstances. You think, I think, you think so. the twenty people in the twenty first cent first century are more comfortable with death us no oh you think they're more comfortable yeah oh oh, oh. I, like the idea of it or it's like kind of because well, it, was, it was way more common it was staring you in the face right you know so much people live to like we're what 40 or so yeah you know and then you you know if you develop develop some kind of sickness or whatever then you're toast you die from a fever yeah you know so or you could i don't know i think there's like something like really cool and beautiful in that but also like very sad and it would have been very hard to like live death is just around the corner oh i'm triggered okay so from adam's family yes um there was one really famous production of this in 1901 in the courtyard of a former london monastery which is kind of cool uh one reviewer wrote in the open air in a courtyard and enclosed with antiquated buildings with no distinction of lighting to, differ- to differentiate between performers and auditors. The essential human vitality of the whole thing was what mostly strongly appeared. Sorry, what? So, basically, because they were in a courtyard, because they were on the same plane, it was like, yes, there were performers, yes, there were people in the audience experiencing it, but because, like, they are so close in this, like, enclosed space yeah you could just feel like the hum like the humanity connection between like the audience and the performers and like there's a connection there that he hadn't experienced like seeing another show hmm. you know well done. so i thought that was kind of cool um but yeah i don't know should we jump into that's all i have about like 
it's hard to find out more about the playwright when um, it's anonymous. Well, is it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Is it? I guess my question is, and we can just talk about this for you. You probably don't have an answer, but is it anonymous on purpose, or was it just like everybody forgot who wrote it? Mm, I, I think it's everyone anything. who forgot who wrote it. I don't think like, especially since morality plays were such a staple of that time period. I don't think anyone would be too ashamed to write it. Well, I think, but then you go from the flip side. It's like, okay, if it's a morality play, I don't want, if I'm the playwright and it's like, I don't want to take credit for this. Like I'm trying to just, I'm trying to just teach people something about Mm -hmm. like, you know, and it's like, and it's like, I want to kind of hide behind it, you know? Yeah, I think it could go Cause either it's like, way. Because it's like, if it was first appeared around 1510, you know, that's right around Shakespeare's time. That's right around Christopher Marlowe and all those, like, people, we know those people. Mm-hmm. Why do we not know this person? I bet, I bet it was, like, just some monk in a monastery and he just, like, Which also could I don't want to take credit for this. Maybe he doesn't want, it's not, like, credit. It's more, like, it could also be, it's not my work, it's God's yeah, work. Yeah, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe he thought it was really bad. Ah. He was like, he was like, I'm not gonna put my name on this. But he read it. I get, and then maybe he tried to write it four different times. And yeah, and he's like, oh, I can never make this work. They're like, it's good, and he's like, no, 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 don't. I don't want my name anywhere near this. Please, ever in Just say anonymous. What does that word mean? Just put it. Anonymous. An anemone. Anemone. Anyway. Um. Uh. Yeah. But yeah. So we watched this play separately. Um, And I don't know. I I liked it at first. It was, like, very cool because I like, you know, last week we talked about. Yeah, should we do a brief just, like, what the heck it's about first? I mean, yeah, I guess. It's just, like. Okay, so you've got this guy named Everyman. Yeah. And he is partying, living it up. It's his. Birthday. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. He's partying. They're doing like it's all of his friends snorting are cocaine. They're drinking. It is the the they're... in this production. It's like one of the most like maybe like it had like synchronized cocaine snorting, you know? Yeah. It was like it was like a choreographed dance, but they were all just like snorting cocaine. It was wild. And um, I was like, I was gonna say, I was like, I was like. Does, like, London have a problem with cocaine or something? I mean, like... Yeah, for sure. They're one of the, like... Is it, like, a big cocaine place? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, I didn't... So was New York. Really? Yeah. Well, I knew that, like, in the 80s, like, it was, but, like... I'm like, does do high society people still just, like, they just love cocaine? Yeah. I feel like cocaine's, like, a rich drug. And, and, well, it absolutely is. A drug is. of the rich. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyways. Sorry. Um, I just thought that was, like... I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. They're doing a lot of drugs up there. Yeah. I mean, okay, so William. Yeah. You're, like, terrified of drugs, which is still really funny to me. Okay, um, okay. I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to be terrified of. No. I, <laughs> Will's, like, scared he'll, like, get accidentally addicted. Like, he's terrified of you that. You ever heard of opioids? The opioid crisis? I know. I know. I know. I definitely know it's possible. It's just, like, you've never, like, even had an opioid, and then, like, Right, but that doesn't mean, like, I'll break my leg, doctor prescribes opioids, I get addicted to them. Yeah. Then, then I, I die from methamphetamines. For you. I don't all right, know. All right. Um Oh, uh, thank you. But so like people do a lot of drugs when they do yeah. drugs, right? If they go down like that hole, it's like 
it's not enough to just do a casual little drug like yeah a casual that sequence, hit of, of a joint that sequence went on for so long i know well it's i think crazy that op- it's like an opening party sequence yeah it's like 15 20 minutes maybe i don't know i don't know it, it looked was, like it really crazy it looked really cool yeah it did like i liked how they did it like it was so it almost felt inhumane Oh, that's oh, it was very grotesque and right. stuff. But it was like at the same time, it's like yeah, like people actually do spend their Saturday nights like this sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know that I was like still in it during that. Yes, um, me too. And then death comes after the party. God, over. God assigns death to. Oh the, yeah, because like that. God in this production, God in this production is a is a is cleaning a ma- is a cleaning lady. Yeah. 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 Which I actually loved. I didn't okay, I didn't get that. That makes sense. Yeah, um yeah. so God assigns death to every man because he she's just like too chaotic. He's done. He's, he's he needs to go. Um okay, his so, chaos brain has ended. Yeah. And so death comes, he's like, Sorry, every man. If you can prove that like you're good in some way, right. maybe I'll let you live. Right. So every man has to go on this journey. He goes to his friends. They were like, no, we're not going to go with you to death, you crazy person. We're just have, trying to have a good time. And then right. he goes to his family, and they're like, you abandoned us. Right. Why would we take care of you? Right. And then he tries to, like, even the homeless or something. Well, he goes to all the different sins yeah question mark i really i i'm gonna be honest i kind of stopped paying attention it was like it was hard because like i kind of got behind it was the sins but yeah. then or like oh you're worse than me so you'll show death or whatever yeah, yeah. and then death at the end's like nope sorry your time's up right well he goes to good finally he goes to good deeds yeah. he finds his good deeds and good deeds is like very sick uh-huh. And like feeble, and and you know that's like the you know whatever the metaphor for like yeah you did no good deeds in your life so you didn't yeah. take care of your good deeds now it's it's dying dying so if you had taken if you had done good deeds or whatever maybe this wouldn't be happening to you yeah so uh basically does death he die? takes does he, him does at he, the does end he, does he does death take him at the end okay. yeah but there was something about uh I think in the original like he's redeemed. And in the, this production, he's not. Really? Yeah. Should we look it up? I'm pretty sure. Okay, so in the original um, ending, right, every man climbs into his grave with good deeds at his side and dies, after which they ascend together into heaven where they are welcomed by an angel. So he is kind of redeemed because he does get to heaven. He still dies, though. Right. right, doesn't, right. Get to, doesn't get to live more of his life. It's not a. It's not a... Um, a Christmas Carol situation. Right. And I don't get from the vibe of this one that he is redeemed at all. Did you? No, I didn't get really to get that vibe, I guess. But also I stopped paying attention. Why? Let me hear why you didn't like it. I just, I don't know. After the first half hour, I was like, okay, I get it. You know, I don't know. It was just like it wasn't the acting. Like Chibotel Ejiofor is the is the uh, is every man in this, and he did honestly very well. I he didn't do it for me. I he was I, like I don't know. Screaming I thought screaming all of his lines. Sure, I mean it was, yeah. Yeah, I just I I don't know. It just didn't hold my attention. I just need like I I guess like 
I don't know. It's that old thing. It's like, I just need to be like wrapped up in the story. And I kind of just like knew what was going to happen. And I was just like, you know, like the, all the, all the colors and the neon stuff, like it was very well directed. There was nothing wrong with that. It was just, I was just like, I was thinking to myself, if I was in London at the time this production was going on, I would not have gone anywhere near it. You know, I'm like, who, I was just like, who went to see this? Other than to see Chiwetel Ejiofor. But even that, he's like, he's not even that big of a name. I mean, like, he is, but, he, you know. What was he been in? Oh, he's in 12 Years of Slave. He kind of broke on into 12 Years of Slave. Oh, okay. Um, uh, he's in Doctor Strange. He's he's in, isn't he in, isn't he in, uh, uh, never mind. I don't know. Anyways, I feel the same I felt the same way, and I think it's not, like, through any fault of their own or even, like, Carol and Duffy. I think it's just the nature of a morality play. Yeah. I mean, like, to be sure, this is the best production of every man that's ever existed. Yeah, ever. (laughs) Like, Like, hands down. It was incredible, but it's, like, the subject matter, the one-track mind of it, you know, it's just like, okay... Yeah. yeah, don't be a bad human being. Like, take care of your good deeds and don't abandon your families. Right. Don't take advantage of your friends. You know, like, all of those lessons of, like, being a good human being. I'm just like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, this is all good. These are all good things. But I also, I don't know. When I go see a play, I'm like, I don't necessarily, like, want to. Like, it just didn't strike me. Like, I, I don't know. I just, like. Like, if I went to Everyman and I was, like, a crazy partier who, you know, did cocaine on the weekends or whatever, maybe it would have struck me differently. Yeah. I don't think it would have. And I think I don't like my lessons of a play to be um, just kind of, like, hit over the head with them. Like, I like there to be a little bit more nuance. Sure. For... What am I supposed to take away from this? Like, I like to decide that. Not to decide that, but to kind of, like, marinate on the ideas presented by the play yeah. in my mind. I wanted to ask hard questions. Yes. This not did not. Give me, not give me an answer. Right. Right, right, right. Right. So, I don't think it's their fault. I think, you know, National Theater, did you like the set this time and the costumes and all of the... Yeah, I think all of that worked, you know. And, yeah. you know, the, the I mean... Sometimes I would throw off because, like, some of it's written in couplets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they'll rhyme the ends of their sentences, um, but not all the time. Uh, and so that, like, I kind of like that because it was, like, a throwback to, you the know, OG. like, to, to the OG, like, morality plays and stuff. They would they would have often have rhyming couplets. Um, but at the at points, I'm just like, why? Wait, why are we rhyming? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I know, and that, and especially happened like towards the end. I was like, "Wait, does your is the speech getting more refined because he's like finding his way a little bit more?" Because yeah. I felt like it was so broken up, like with his friends at the beginning, and then even with the family. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, if I were, you know, I I do like our na- our National Theater at Home subscription mm-hmm. and uh, National Theater at Home. If you ever want us to be your sponsor, like we will. <laughs> do it for you yeah uh, but you know there's some stuff there that not everything is like is uh is great on there so yeah and it's I not know. i don't know i still blame the script i don't blame national theater i'm still an avid fan yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like a weird. And it I is a even, weird choice. I don't even blame Caroline and Duffy. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to be like, oh, no one does every man, and like if there was ever a theater to do it, we should do it. And then yeah. it's like, it, there's a reason. I wonder if this did well. Like, did people go see it? I maybe I should look that yeah, up. Yeah, I wonder like how long the ran the run. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's last. Let's talk about this. Because I know I read one review where it was like. Because the play has a lot of, like, cussing. And they were like, I don't know. It kind of cusses, yeah, like, too much. Yeah. And it's just, like, unnecessary. And right. that kind of, like, ruined it for this one reviewer. And I was like, well, I can't tell if they're just kind of, like. I mean, that didn't ruin it for me. I just I, I thought that helped make it kind of, like, um, I don't know, kind of. More like real, more, I guess. yeah, exactly. Like at the party, I was like, yeah, people talk like that at parties. Yeah. And Let's I love see. that he was turning. Was he turning thirty? Was he? No, I think it was on his fortieth birthday. On his fortieth. Yeah, because Will's turning thirty this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's haunting him. Haunting me. Um. But, yeah, while Will looks up the run, there was, like, this play was written by, like, a lovely playwright. So there was one um, line I really liked. It was, like, uh, every man says, I'm a man who has hurt people and been hurt, and I have been so loved. That's who I am. I was like, yeah. Like, we are, who we are as, like, human beings, like, each of us, it's, like, we've been hurt we've hurt and we've been loved Mm -hmm. and like that's what it is to be human and i just like i don't know i kind of loved that line because it was so like succinct um but it like kind of gets at the core of like everything that kind of happens to you as a human being yeah yeah i can't find anything that like talks about how long it ran for I mean, like national theater. It's not like Broadway. It's That's not, you true. know, it's That's not, true. it's not going to have an unlimited run. Yeah. Just because it's successful, because they they have a whole season planned or whatever. Yeah. So so that might be a moot point, but um, you know, it was it it opened to it it feels like it's mixed reviews. You know, some people thought it was an impressive arsenal of stage effects. You know, and there was like very cool things that happened. Uh, others found uh, that Ejiofor is con- said that Ejiofor is convincing as the smooth operator who belatedly sees the light, but the entire cast is terrific. So you, know, I, I actually did. I loved Death. He was probably my favorite actor. Really? Yeah, he's kind of like he had kind of like an Irish Scottish accent, and mm-hmm. like I really liked his kind of whole vibe. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, "Sorry, I just got to do this, man." Yeah. Why don't you make it easy on me? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. And did you recognize one of the act the girls' voices was I think the friend in Hedda. Really? I think so. One of the one of the party friends. Yeah. I did not recognize that. I don't know. I think she just has like a really nasally voice. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm pretty sure, because that's something I love about like national theater is that they like use, it's it's a company, it's a theater company, so they use people over and over again. Right. Right. And there's something beautiful about that. That is beautiful. Um. Well, great. 
I think that's all I have. I think to say yeah, about I think it. it's gonna be a short episode today, and that's okay. Not everything needs to be an hour, fifteen minutes long. That's very fair. But um, now we gotta cast the freaking play. Yeah, now we're gonna cast the freaking play. Cast the freaking play. We're gonna we're gonna just cast every man. Yeah. Because then the product. Well, I want Kathy Bates to be God. Can Kathy Bates be God? That's very fine. Nice. I support that. What about death? Oh, see, I wasn't ready for this. I thought I we know, were just doing I every know, man. I know, I know. But uh, only because I don't have an every man ready, so I'm just kind of like, uh, maybe you cast every man, I'll cast the rest. Okay. You can cast, who's All right, so, death? So, so God is Kathy Bates. Death is, um, I think it should be the guy who voices Iago in Aladdin. <laughs> What's his name? Shoot. I have no idea. Um, oh. I'll look it up. You got you know the voice I'm talking about though, right? Uh, I think you should do a um whatever an impression. Of it. Yes. Uh Jafar. Jafar, why are you I can't oh, I can't true. do it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> no, the no, animated the one. Animated. Come on, Google. What's um, his name? There it is. Gilbert Gottfried. Gottfried, Gottfried. Oh, he'd be good and he's still pretty young. Is he? No, I mean like <laughs> he's like seven, he's sixty-six, in his 70s. Oh, but okay. like that's not like crazy old. I was worried he'd For be death. like yeah, really yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Great. All right. So, so he's death. He's death. And who do you have as every man? Did you cast a woman as every man? No, I didn't. Did uh, you consider that would have been woke of me? No, I don't know. This one person kind of came to my mind immediately, and I just kind of went with it. Okay. Great. Uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix. Oh. Okay. Yeah. He would do this. Yeah. Honestly, he'd be like, yeah. It's my calling. Yeah. I think he'd do a good job. Yeah, he would. I think he'd do better than the Chitiwa. Chiwetel Ejiofor. My problem with his performance is he literally screamed everything. Like, everything sounded the same. Yeah, it was was very presentational. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't really going for realism at all. It wasn't, like, alive. The play isn't going for realism either. It didn't feel alive at all. I feel that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like Joaquin would bring some kind of nuance to it, maybe. He'd be scary. I know. He'd be a good death. Ooh. Yeah. Either way, maybe he'd switch performance every night with (gasps) Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Oh, Gilbert Gottfried. Gottfried. (laughs) Oh, Gilbert. As as every man would be very, very funny. (laughs) I would kind of like to see that where it's not like an amazing actor. It's just like, who, me? What? Yeah. Someone who's like very plain looking and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that could be something. I think there's an artistic vision there. Yeah, yeah. to explore. Yeah. Okay, well that casting went very easy. What if what if you had a production of Everyman, but you picked one person from the audience and you just gave them the script at the beginning of each night? It's like, okay, you're Everyman tonight, and they have to read the script and they have to like just like everything let happens ev- to them. Yeah, let everything happen to them. Well, I don't think that would work because Why? it's like it's Why all wouldn't about... that work, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> well, two things. Practical level, obviously, but also it's not like everything happens to every man. He, he does talk a lot. He talks a lot slash it's his choices that are causing all of yeah. this. Yeah. You'd have to rework the script. You'd have to cut down every man's lines by at least half. Yeah. Um I don't think it would work. Sorry. I'm gonna do it one day. Okay. Uh please don't. I'll have to see it. Um, okay. Oh. oh. 
Shall we get into our three questions? Yeah, four questions. What are you watching or, or, or reading? Oh, great, great, cute. Um, so guys, I'm still like life is picking up with my play, so I'm not able to read as much. So I'm still working on where the crawdads sing. Um, but I have been watching Sweet Magnolias. I know. I have this like weird idea in my brain. I don't think my anyone mom... knows what Sweet Magnolias is. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's on Netflix. It's like this very like hallmarky show set in the South. Fuck. Okay, my mom before she passed was like obsessed with it, and she was like one of the reasons she was sad to die was she wouldn't be able to watch season two or season whatever the other half of season one or something. She said that at one point where she's like, oh, I just hope I make it to October for oh. that. Oh, wow. So then I watched it last October because I had this weird idea in my brain that, like, if I watch it, maybe she could, she would be able to watch it, like, through me. Like, yeah. there was, like, a connection from heaven of, like, oh, I can look through Sarah's eyes I love that. and, like, watch it. So I watched it and it was fine, you know. Sure. Um, and so then I kind of have I feel like this moral obligation to <laughs> to watch Sweet Magnolias like for my mom. Yeah. And it's like very weird, but like the show it started again, and you know I even watched like the recap uh before of season one before I started season two. Yeah. And I was like I literally I don't even know what's happening. I like the first nothing. episode, yeah. I'm like I am very very lost. Um, but it's gotten a little bit easier. I just don't know who any of the kids are. Or their drama, which is half of what's, like, it's the aftermath of all their drama. Sure. Um, so I'm still a little lost. But I'm also watching Euphoria, Queer Eye, we love, and which always makes me cry. Um, and we started Ozark again. Yeah, we did. We yeah. Did um, do you want me to talk about what I'm watching? I would love for you to talk about your watch. <laughs> uh on friday night we wa we saw we saw a production of oliver which i'd never um ah! i had never yes. seen before except he'd been in it i was in it but it was like a junior production of it he was the was dodger. Was out for dodger uh but i i i liked it a lot i don't know it was fun to watch That's it was more so fun funny. it was more fun than i thought it would be just like in terms of like story and stuff like it's very sad yeah but it was i don't know I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then uh, we've also started Murderville, which is very hit and miss. Yeah. In like very frustratingly oh, hit and miss. I forgot that we were watching that. Yeah. That's okay. We watched. It's it's so hit and miss that it's very easy to forget. Well, the first two episodes were like, yeah, great. And then. First episode is the funniest. We've watched. We've seen three of them. Yeah. And then Camille Mangiani comes in on the third episode. I don't think he's done improv. I could see. So the. So the. So the. 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 Uh, premise for this is like it's a procedural uh cop show right and they have to solve a murder each week but they have a guest star come on and the guest star doesn't have a script and they just have to improv everything and then the other people kind of improv around them even though there's like a loose structure yeah but you know, but but the person they, and then and then the uh, guest star has to figure out the murder at the end right and so, so it's like a very like very intriguing like very fun like i was like when they when that first was announced, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be hilarious." Yeah, you know, and it's and been like, we'll, fine. There's some pretty funny moments in the first two episodes, first especially the first one. Um, but then Camille Mangiani comes in on the third episode, and I could see when they selected Camille because he's like, "Oh, 
that guy's funny. He'd probably do great on this. And Camille's like, yeah, I'm super funny. Right. They could he's be a great like, writer. He's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. They're like, oh, he has he he's probably done improv. And Camille probably like lied and said, yeah, I've done improv. Then he gets on the show and he like, you know, the one rule in improv is to say yes. You say yes and even if it's not like you can make anything up in that moment. Right. Like right. nothing has to be true. The man said no so many times and crazy. shut down so many conversations. I was like kind of mad. I was like, Camille, I used to be like a huge fan of you. And now I just think like. You're kind of a jerk. It was it was it was so aggressively not funny the what what he was doing that yeah. it was just like, why am I even watching this? Yeah, yeah. It's like and like poor Will Arnett was like trying to do his best. I know. And trying to like get him to do something, but he could. It's like Camille was just like shutting him down the whole time. And so then like or and then Will Arnett did a good job of just kind of like always like transitioning like from it. Yeah. But. Oh, my gosh. That was terrible. Like, Marshawn Lynch did a better job of yeah. just, like, kind of just going with the flow. And he's, like, a freaking, like, football player. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Camille, you suck. I think Marvel ruined you. I don't know. Getting hot ruined you. I don't know, man. That was that was nuts. I was mad. Anyways. Anyway, so. Um, yeah, sorry. I feel violent about that performance. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I'm literally going to sh- – I want to show it to my kids or at least one scene because we're about to get into our improv unit about what happens when you say no how that doesn't like how help just, the it scene. Just, yeah. it just shuts it down it shuts it down and see even the best actor or some of the best you know famous actors that we know like still don't know how to do improv because yeah. of it yeah crazy stuff yeah anyway oh the the finale of the book of boba fett was this week and it was fine as usual you like boba fett i i there were some episodes of that series that i was like very on board for and then i don't know Something about me and finales. I'm just like, okay. Good guys win. Cool. You know? It's like, I, I don't know. Well, I kind of get sad when it's like the finale. Because then I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. Yeah. This ride is over. For now. Yeah. Yeah. But then season three of Mandalorian is coming out. Obi-Wan Kenobi series is coming out May 25th. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for that. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Anyway. I, it's amazing that you like still let yourself get like really excited. I know, I know. Isn't things. isn't it crazy? Like isn't after crazy? how many years? After how many years of stupid Star Wars things? Even just like knowing you and how long we've been together, and it's just like your heart like constantly gets broken by this series. Yeah, it's and it's each time really hellish. Yeah, you set yourself up for success. Like most of the Star Wars movies are bad, and it's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I hope it happens yeah. for you this time. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um. If Obi Wan Kenobi is not good, I will, um, I will seriously rethink like watching anything else that has to do with oh Star Wars. Oh my gosh, you I always will. say that. I you will said that after the new after after Rise came of Skywalker. I know. I after I said that after Rise of Skywalker, I was like, I don't think I'm ever gonna watch Star Wars again. That was yeah. so bad. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, I was there. Anyway, um, he did okay. not follow through. Do you feel? <laughs> do you feel hot today? Um, I do. I mean, like, in a way, yes. So I'm struggling with a slight cold, which is really frustrating because I have tech week this week. So I'm like, ugh, of course. But, um, but then Will made me like this beautiful breakfast in bed because we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day this afternoon and evening. So like that was because really guess lovely. what we have rehearsal and acting class on Valentine's Day yeah so, so we can't can't give ourselves a break I guess right 
So he got me an orchid and some frames with pictures of us in it. And um, my favorite strawberry chocolate pancakes. Heart-shaped pancakes. Thank you very much. It was amazing. Do you feel hot today? Um, uh, I mean, like, I'm in my robe. <laughs> so, no. I usually, I, can't, I almost can't feel hot in a robe. That's uh, funny. So, but I got complimented on my mustache yesterday. So, you know what? I was like, that's nice. Yeah. Will develops crushes on. Uh, that guy started it. That guy started it. Do you also, hear the defense I, in his voice? Also, <laughs> I don't have a crush on him. He was extremely dr- drunk. He needed to get every man. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Hope he doesn't hear this. Sorry, Shane. No, he's a great guy. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. They And you guys had like a funny back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Yeah. But good as stuff. soon as Will walked in, uh, this guy was like, who is that guy? I love his mustache. And then they, and that was off to the races for those yeah. two. Yeah. The rest of the That's night. That's all she wrote. Yeah. Um, okay. What's the next? What's your crush? What's my crush? My crush is watching um, uh, bubble teams uh, play college basketball. So What's a bubble team? So a bubble team is so like the, the big tournaments coming up, you know, sec- starting second week, week, third week of March, right? And only 68 teams get in, and there's something like over 300 NCAA basketball teams. So out of 300 or four, maybe even 400, whatever, uh, basketball teams, only 68 teams get into this tournament. So if you're a bubble team, you're right on the cusp. Like you're just barely in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like like the pressure is on. Like if you don't win, like you are you are really putting it. And we're getting into the and we're getting into February and March where the bubble stuff really starts to matter. So my team Creighton currently a, a bubble team. They um, won yesterday, and. It's uh man, Sawyer is licking Harvey's head. Oh, oh, that was so cute, Harvey. Anyway. And uh and we we're at the bar yesterday. K State is also a bubble team and they won against Iowa State. That was a huge win for them. Anyway, that's what I love. That's my crush. What's your crush? Oh, Probably watching cats. When Sawyer cleans Harvey. Yeah. Yeah, I think cats really are my crush. Like even when we were oh my gosh, yeah, please take a video. This is insane. Harvey never lets this happen. He's, like, usually it ends in a fight, and right now, Harvey is, like, so happy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, even last night, we were at Dad's, and Shere Khan, like, my dad will not give love to Shere Khan. Like, he's just not a pet person, and he has to take care of three pets by himself. <laughs> so, it's, like, his worst nightmare. Yeah. Um, But, so, Shere Khan doesn't get a lot of pets during the week. So, when we go over there, she, like, loves pets from us. Yeah. And last night, we were just, like, watching TV, and she nuzzled me so much. She wanted so many pets. She laid on my stomach for, like, an hour and kept, like, headbutting me. Yeah. And it was just, like, it was so sweet because, like, Shere Khan and I have been homies since, like, my senior year of high school. Like, I've known that girl a long time. Right. And so, it was just kind of, like, really nice. That is nice. For us. Um. And our cats are very, very cute, and I love them so much, even though Harvey won't let us sleep in ever, but right. it's fine. Right. So they're Good still stuff. my crush. Good stuff. And? Are you mad at me? Not at all. Very good. Are you mad at me? No. Awesome. Not at all. I love it. Great. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. 
Um, who knows what's going to be next week? Who knows? It's a wild ride here at I the know. playwrights. We were supposed to have Janet and Andrew on for this, for this episode. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? Schedules didn't really work out. So they we'll, didn't. Get, we'll get them on here eventually. Yeah. So thank you for like listening. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, give suggest us a, it to your friends. Give us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes. Only five stars are acceptable. Please. Um, but yeah, this has been fun. Yep. Thanks for coming along the ride. Thank you. We love you and, and good night.